99 drinks still left to go Welcome all in and enjoy the show It's me though, I'm the host You know, so sit back, relax, grab a snack and let's go Welcome on in or welcome back to the 99 Dreams podcast. If this is your first time listening, welcome everybody. I'm the host, I'm Rawri, and today I've got an amazing guest. I have my cousin on the show. I'm really excited for this one. I love showcasing some of my whanau and I, and I love for other whanau that watch the podcast to get to see what some of our amazing whanauna are up to around the motu. So without further ado, let's welcome in the cousin Tom Bergen. Tom, welcome in brother. How are you? Oh, so good. Kia ora koutou, everybody. Uh, I'll just give a quick intro about myself and yeah, yeah. we'll roll from there. Uh, really happy to be here. <clears throat> so, kotaru naki te maunga, ko waitara te awa, ko ngāti runui te iwi, uh, ko aotea te waka, uh, no mātuna hau, ko Max Bergen toku papa, ko Shelley Bergen toku mama, ko Tom Bergen toku ingoa. Uh, yeah, kia ora rauri. Uh, awesome to see you again, cuz. It's been a long time. Uh, yeah, really happy to just share my experiences and I've um, been following the podcast, big fan, so <laughs> uh, keen to be part of that um, that mahi and just really, yeah, share what's going on. Nah, glad to have you here, cousin. Like I said, fun. I'm really excited for this one. This is going to be super fun. So me and Tom, we both studied at Otago University together. And this guy, he's on a mass study grind. Look at him now. He's, he's doing a PhD down there in Wellington, so. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about that PhD that you're doing, Makaz? Yeah, so I suppose that the study journey in general, it's it's like everyone's, it kind of goes all over the place, but it uh, started off uh, at the great Rangatika College in Martin, a small little place, a lot of people might know it in New Zealand, but <laughs> yeah, I moved my way to Otago Uni, mainly to just get away to a different place and uh, really get a different experience. Uh, when I was there... Started off in physiology, thought it was a little bit like not applied enough, went all over the place, you know, no one wants to learn about cells nonstop. <laughs> so um, changed it to PE and really took an interest to sport and exercise science. So um, yeah, from there, kind of just completed my undergrad there, met lots of cool people in PE, uh, like this fella over here. <laughs> and yeah, then completed my honours there took a gap year off working in Flaxmere in Hawke's Bay. So yeah, when I was there, it was real cool. It was like in a recreation center, like kind of known for being a low socioeconomic area and stuff, but uh, it was also like the experiences and the people you met there. I think it was really important. Um, then later on, managed to meet a person from Sport New Zealand. So um, with the, it was actually doing a review for the PE school. So, like, going in as kind of a graduate, a recent one. So, yeah, no, all of the connections, like, just kind of make it in the end. So, yeah, that's why I ended up in my PhD now in Wellington. And, yeah, what I'm doing is essentially looking at predictors of future physical activity for teenagers. So, what's in their lives right now affect what happens later on, whether they actually want to continue participating, and what makes them want to drop out, because... In New Zealand, we have a massive crisis, as a lot of people know, of people not doing enough physical activity. And in my own opinion, not having enough of appreciation for it. So that's kind of what I'm trying to push here and working alongside 
um, our crown entity for sport and recreation is really cool to do that. Um, kind of from that higher policy level, which is something I've never been part of. So yeah, I really like it. And that's been my story so far. It's a hell of a journey. I want to touch on um, your, your rangaha, your research mahi at the moment. What do you think some of the determining factors are that um, a lot of rangatahi are dropping out of sports? Yeah, so one of, one of the great things about this, I, I love asking it to people because everyone has their own experience. Whether you have kids or whether you yourself went through this experience, um, there's, long story short, there's a thousand reasons why it could happen. But, you know, following from a more research point of view, um, there are lots of things to do with the amount of physical activity you do when you're younger, whether it's lots of um, different types. So... Uh, different sports, uh, whether you're walking all the time, these different types of physical activity kind of give you a bit of a variety when you're younger. So when you're older, you almost have those extra skills that a lot of people who just specialize didn't. So that's one predictor. There are other things like the social support you have. So um, a lot of us know that you have massive barriers if you don't actually have a good Fano peer coach support network around you and teachers as well. Incredibly important for that. And um, these kind of factors, and, and even your own psychology, there's a thing called physical literacy. Um, it's essentially the idea of like your competence or how um, confident you are in doing physical activity. And if that's low as well, then that's another factor. Uh, lots of ways to measure these. But a combination of these kind of factors is why people drop out. And I think in New Zealand itself, we, we have this, it's weird, because we have this massive opportunity to make all of these good. We have the resources, we have the right, like, kind of knowledge and, like, facilities, and yet somehow we're one of the worst in the world <laughs> in terms of uh, what we actually produce and things like obesity rates or mental health. Um, so, yeah, that's something that's been really interesting to me. Do you also think that there's a bit of um, that teardown factor as well, like how... Anytime someone reaches a certain level of success, people are like, yo, shit, I would have smoked you back in high school. Or I remember back at primary school, we used to like hit you over and we used to run it straight at you. We used to pull you over. You were nothing back then. Yeah. It's, people start getting into it. Yeah. Like, and I'll, I'll talk to you about that as well. Like the competitive nature of sport in New Zealand and a lot of the developed world. But it's weird because when you get past your prime, let's say 18 to 30 years old, like, no one cares about you being that bloody like top rugby star or running marathons all the time. It's like, you're just trying to like, you know, walk for half an hour a day, like do your basic levels. And a lot of people don't get that. Like that's most of the population because I, I actually do public health now. Like that's what it's changed to. And yeah, the big part of it is if you look at it from the population, what happens? Like are people active? Do people care? And a lot of the time they don't. They've got families, they've got kids, they're just, they've got, they're working all the time. And you just got to try and like work around all of those. So I really do think that teardown factor is a big player when we're younger, especially for rangatahi themselves. But yeah, later on, it just disappears a bit. <laughs> and like you have other issues in life. Yeah, straight up though. I don't have kids, but uh, my brother has a kid and they're a handful. Yeah. even long enough to want to give them back you're like oh that's it i'm done <laughs> it's a handful so yeah and like i've been in jobs and stuff with them as well like they they don't care about the future like you know they're very focused on the now like what's in front of them 
in like every little thing like we're the same like we're not that old you know so we still remember those days where like, the littlest things would just set us off like that was all we cared about oh. I, I reckon that's what maturity is a eh? suddenly looking back and thinking you're cringe you know yeah. <laughs> when you hit oh. that point in life you're like oh <laughs> now i'm mature hard out hard out do you think like sport retention and dropout is is a little bit related to like maturity as well? Yeah. So, uh, just just further that. What do you mean exactly? Like, like as you're younger, you kind of tend to chop and change a lot, and then sometimes you do just drop off big hmm. time. But then when you're older, you kind of have different goals in mind. So a lot of people, you know, when they reach eighteen, nineteen, twenty, and they want to do that weight loss, and they actually oh, crush yeah. it as compared to when they were younger. Yeah, no, um, actually, I, I agree. A good point. So one of the things to kind of note when you do get to that 18, 19-year-olds, like, I, I mentioned the idea of your priority shift. So I suppose it's not being mature, but with maturity comes a lot of these extra expectations and responsibilities. And so because of that, physical activity often gets thrown off to the side. It's not important anymore. And that's something that's sad to me because... We're, we're humans like you can bring it as part of your life like it can just be a normal day thing you know biking to work or walking your kids to school and stuff but we just don't promote that enough and so i know it's like you do mature and there are changes but i wish we had a way to mix them both <laughs> like they can work in sync uh, we just don't have a system yet to kind of push that enough you know from in our society and that's the importance of this research, right? Well, I'd hope so. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not the only one. Like, luckily, some people gave me some money, and they thought too. So, <laughs> oh, man. Well, it's definitely going to be interesting to see how this further develops as time goes on, because it, it is something that doesn't sort of need to change, but it, it's something that we kind of need to address in this country. Yeah, well, it's it's this idea of I think we do sport well. But that's why I keep saying the word physical activity because sport isn't everything, you know. <laughs> As much, you know, don't don't say that to every PE student who comes on here and stuff. But I mean, hopefully they'd agree. There's a lot more to it. Like there's a lot more you can do, you know. Even I mean, I've been learning a lot more about tikanga as time has gone on, and the idea of like tonga takaro or the tramps you can do in nature, uh, focusing on um, the water and the sea, like moana. That kind of stuff is all physical activity, but it's not under a traditional sports setting. And that, if we push that kind of stuff more as well, it's like further reach, more people, more and more ideas to teach as well, uh, which is really fascinating. Yeah, it makes so much sense too, because, um, you know, a lot of Māori and Pacific Island whānau, they're out there diving, and sometimes they're diving daily, which is you know it's pretty strenuous activity especially if you're going deep and trying to get crazy and stuff like that versus going and playing sport you don't actually have to go to training you can still just rock up on game day get out there run your 20 30 minutes of game time and come back off and that's you for the week and you think you're you know you're sus but it is you know taking it back to diving even if you're working on a farm you know herding Mm. sheep and stuff like that um like you said tramping walking reconnecting with the tile there's so much more elements to it eh? yeah and it's it's nice eh, to i think that variety is cool i always try and push that like go out my, one of my recommendations eh, just go out do something you haven't done before it doesn't matter how old you are like you'll just learn something crazy new like a good example is i've 
taken up dragon boating over the summer have you ever done that no. before or nah it's like it's I, pretty, I know what it is yeah pretty similar to waka armor but the difference is you're kind of like on one side but more of like a proper canoe feel to it but yeah i've never done a water sport before it's completely new and i feel like i've just like met all these new people gained all these new skills and it just like it really drives home that idea of like man i, I love physical activity i love learning from it and seeing what other people learn from it as well ah, that, that's the best part of it too eh? is like sort of pushing yourself out of your comfort zone getting into a space of or, or a new realm and you're just like let's go let's get it yeah exactly <laughs> like pushing yourself as well yeah uh, does that mean you want to come back for some iwi waka ama? Oh, I've I've never actually been in a like a waka or like paddled along with it, despite doing dragon boating. So I'd love it. <laughs> if someone yeah, needed uh, me on the team or whatever, always <laughs> happy to fill up, We'll try and link you up. We'll find some people healthy. Nice. It is it is growing in Wellington though. Yeah, <laughs> like heaps and heaps of people doing it here. So maybe maybe I'll have to yeah. transition at some point. <laughs> oh, hard out, cause I know. Um, I was talking to. Uh, one of the aunties the other day and there's a wakama club here in Waitara now so oh nice oh yeah, that yeah. thing if you ever, sure, yeah, if you ever back them. home need a paddle i'm sure there'll be a seat yeah exactly well and that's the beauty too is like the paddles yes you can get really expensive one and stuff but you can also just kind of do a makeshift one and it would still work like i don't think people yeah. would really get on your case about it hard and you know, you can borrow some paddles that they have um, at the clubs and stuff because they get a lot of funding nowadays. <laughs> so they buy a lot of gear for people to use if, if they're new to the sport or want to just give it a try. Yeah, it's really growing, eh, in the whole country. It seems like it's becoming a, well, maybe it'll be a national sport one day, you know? <laughs> We'd be elite. <laughs> We'd be elite. Oh, <laughs> uh, and then it, that's, that's a whole other argument too, is it like... Is it supposed to be elite or is it supposed to be <laughs> like that social aspect? Like, uh, True, I don't know, yeah, that, that's the whole thing, eh? Competitive <laughs> sport versus social sport, yeah. both are beneficial. Yeah, and it's especially for something that is kind of grounded in traditional practice. Like, it was never meant to be a straight competition and stuff, you know, it was more travelling and getting to places like... <laughs> Yeah, that, that so functional cool. element, eh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they weren't sitting there like, we're going to boost off the Kazis on the side. Like, That's uh, us, as fast as you can go, let's get to Aotearoa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Captain Cook's coming. <laughs> let's beat him by hundreds and hundreds of years. <laughs> maybe maybe they were rushing. Maybe they were. <laughs> yeah, probably. Oh, and the last one there has to live in Otago. Yeah. <laughs> uh I give them a lot of credit, eh? Like, their navigation skills, oh, our ancestors knew oh, what they yeah. were doing. <laughs> oh, yeah. And they weren't just coming over on those little canoes that all the artists and things say they came over. They had proper sails and everything because there's no yeah. way you could traverse oceans during who knows what season. Yeah. You know, even in summertime, we just see, you know, some hectic weather. So they came yeah. and they traversed their ways. It's phenomenal how they managed to get here. Harder. Yeah, and it's it's funny too because even with the sails and stuff, I'd imagine it was like minimalistic. Like they're not trying to make these massive ships that like have all the stuff that you don't need, and they still got here in a much better fashion. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, 
and look, look at look at us now. We are reclaiming that mm. identity. We're reclaiming those narratives and those stories to sort of put to bed some of the narratives that oh, it's all myth and legend and all that kind of stuff. It's actually scientists are now proving a lot of our myths and legends to be true. Shame. Yeah, like I'm sure you've looked into the ideas of like. I found it really fascinating. You know, for example, like the idea of Tapu Noah, like sacred and I suppose what were the, it would be more like normal or everyday use essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was really cool to me. The idea it's like, for example, like water, you'd separate it into like sacred or everyday use. And it was mainly because like this everyday use was like dirty. So you'd use it for like washing and stuff. Or you wouldn't drink it. And I'm like, that's so smart. Like, obviously, that's so scientific. And they knew it back then. They just didn't use the words we do. <laughs> uh, I've, I've gained yeah. so much, like, respect the knowledge in that area. It's been so cool. Because we, we managed to avoid, like, 80% of the disease that, you know, you read in the history books that occurred in Europe because they're, you know, pouring their shit out into the streets or um, they're drinking that unsanitary water. Whereas, you know, here, our people were like... If you're swimming there, you're not going to drink there. So let's find another yeah. spring to drink from and stuff like that. It's such an intelligent way of living before civilization arrived. Yeah, exactly. And especially like having, it's almost like foresight too, to find a land that you can have these practices and kind of develop your own tikanga and your own way of life. Whereas in like England or whatever, you just kind of have to go with the majority because there's too many people, like everyone's locked in. Ugh. It is it is uh, such a crazy thought, eh? Just thinking about the... It was not even luck that they came here. It was... It was it's almost like purpose. like fate, yeah, or like some sort of destiny to be there, right? <laughs> yeah. I don't know, whatever people believe, like, <laughs> we all have different reasons on why we think that might happen. Hard out, but hey, I'm just stoked that we're here. Yeah, I doubt. <laughs> and if they didn't, we wouldn't be here. So, yeah. Exactly. And I love our history and our people. It's such a rich history. Although a lot of it is a sad history, there's you know a lot of wrongdoings. But it, it's, I think, and this is my opinion, it's it's given us that, that strength and that hope and that resilience to push through and, and to sort of say, hey, yes, we've been dealt a shit hand, but it's, it's with those cards that we've been dealt, we've managed to turn that into a pretty pretty decent win lately yeah but it's come off of the hard work of a lot of people before us well yeah and it's it's something i just really hope like uh, I, i'm not really a super religious person and stuff but like for people that believe in it, it's like i hope they think of like ancestors looking down and being like yep but like we love that our work has continued and i mean even in a physical sense like their mokopuna and everyone like they continue that work that by the generations. So no, I think I think it's a pretty magical thing that you know we can continue the work that they do, <laughs> as long yeah. as we do keep pushing for it. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't, we got to keep pushing the envelope. like it does in a lot of other places in the world. A hundred percent. We got to keep pushing the envelope. Keep reclaiming what is rightfully ours, and you know, yeah. establishing Tinoranga Tiratanga within this civilization or this uh, what do we call it? Uh, this new age government yeah true yeah <laughs> the uh the westernized government yeah 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 this government that we had to adapt to that they introduced yeah. in, in our own country yeah. <laughs> that's actually it's something as well that's 
because I'm like on both sides, yeah, obviously like quite oh, European, same. quite Maori, like <laughs> a lot of us are in New Zealand, but um yeah, it's also finding ways to reclaim it while also within the narrative of our country right now. Like a lot of people it's like extreme, like we just have to go exactly back to how it used to be. But like it just doesn't work with a lot of our new system. So finding a way to adapt it in has always been like quite key, I think. I agree. I agree. It, it is trying to find that that level playing field. It'll never be a level playing field, but mm-hmm. yeah, you can't go from this extreme and then throw it all the way back into another extreme. It's just going to cause too much friction, and it, yeah. it'll never come to fruition. So well, yeah, and no, it's it's gotta... too much of a change for other people too. Eh? They, it's like if you ease it in, do it by stealth. That's all yeah. good. But if you just say, "Hey, we're doing all of this," that's when. I don't know, like, you know, park our politicians and stuff, they're like, nah, <laughs> we don't oh, like any yeah. of them. <laughs> There's a lot of them at the moment. Yeah, true. Oh, it's going to be an interesting year for that. Uh... <laughs> oh, yeah. Gonna I happen? feel like some of them are using similar tactics to um, Trump's tactics in terms of saying outlandish shit <laughs> just to get a response from both sides. So one side will support the shit out of them, but the other side will be really anti it. But I think what they're doing and it is pretty intelligent is their name is being spoken so often because you either love them or you hate them but you're yeah. still talking about them the the old saying any publicity is good publicity right exactly <laughs> oh exactly i can tell I you one thing i would never want to be a politician though it's such nah, a, i like it's, it's, it's all right to talk about but then if someone was actually like hey tom make this decision i'd be like oh. <laughs> nah, leave that to someone else. <laughs> yeah, man. Like I'm always in my head. I'm like, I'd love to make a rule, but nah, man. I might just stick to making rules in King's Cup and King's yeah. Cup only. <laughs> hey, if you get a good rule there too, you're gonna get more people love you. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's not gonna be fifty-fifty. It's gonna be a hundred percent of that room loves your rule. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it is. It is gonna be a scary time. Um, there's there's gonna be a lot of changes. I do think change was needed. I do enjoy our previous uh, Prime Minister. She'd done an amazing job for yep. what she was dealt with. But I do think, yeah, and, and she was right to resign. You know, she, her time has run out and she has had one hell of a run there. She has, yeah. No one could ever predict a run like that. Like, yeah, terrorist like, attacks, COVID. I mean, there are heaps of people I know It's like that are more true blue national supporters and stuff. And it's like, even those people are usually like, even if we don't like Labour, we still respect what she's done, you know. So, gotta gotta give her a lot of credit where it's due. <laughs> yeah, no one man. would want to go through that process. I could not like imagine any of our previous prime ministers who could manage those crises mm. with such dignity as she's managed to get through. Yeah, like at the very least, she was just this awesome, like empathetic face all the time. Like you'd mm. look, you'd look on TV and you'd see her like smiling and like talking like slowly through what's going on i was like i really respect that a lot of other people would just stumble over their words or <laughs> say yeah. everything's fine even though there's <laughs> the country's on fire pretty much and like you said the empathetic face is definitely what we needed during those times yeah it's why people keep calling her auntie cindy right you know <laughs> because it's like your auntie who's just helping you out all the time got their auntie status yeah <laughs> I, that, that's a badge of honor for you know, sure. <laughs> oh 
Oh, 100%. You know when you've cracked, like, uncle or auntie stage and, like, someone else's family? You've oh, cracked. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's like, yeah, it's like you're literally the brother of that person or whatever. Like. 100%. 100%. And she did it for the like whole country, so. <laughs> yeah. Impressive. Oh. I could never. I could never. Yeah. Neither here, cuz. Neither here. <laughs> but it is time for, for a new leadership and someone who can take over from where she left off yeah and we'll just have to wait and see who it'll be right yeah it's gonna be interesting yeah. you know you go one side with our what's his name luxon luxon or luxon yeah luxon he's business minded but not very um tell maori minded which is yeah. they I, I had it explained to me once like I only know so much about politics so you know but I, I think it kind of it sums it up where it's like Labour and National just go through this like oscillation they like change backwards and forwards you know it's like you go to one government and then it changes to the other in like four to eight years or whatever yeah. <laughs> it was just like backwards and forwards like one makes money but doesn't really respect like progressive views the other starts to like think of the little guy but runs out of money <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know how to fix it fully but yeah it's kind of like a one's the younger brother one's the older brother the older brother's the one trying to be kind to everyone but runs out of money the younger brother's spending everything but it makes a lot more <laughs> but he's having like yeah doing a lot with it <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. he's like we'll spend this but we'll get this much back so we'll buy some of this we'll sell that off yeah <laughs> the older brother's like bro i gave you all that money yeah well now who cares <laughs> Yeah, and then he has to go get a job again and, like, remake it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, man. So I want to ask you as well, coming from Martin, how did you choose Otago? Because that, that's kind of pretty far away. Yeah, it was, it was a big choice. No, you're right. So small small town vibes, eh? Like, you know, you know the same thing, you know? <laughs> it's, um, you don't really get a lot of promotion of universities. So a lot of people, they go on all these trips to like Auckland or you know, check out Canterbury, Dunedin, all of the different universities and stuff. Um, but a lot of people in Martin, they don't really get that opportunity. Like you might check out Massey University, which is in Palmerston North, pretty close by. Um, and at best, you might be able to go to Wellington, which is like a two and a bit hour drive. But I know, I, I suppose I just... I wanted to see the rest of the country. I wanted to kind of expand my horizons a little bit more. And I got really fortunate, actually, because I, in year 11, through a Māori scholarship, actually, I managed to go on hands-on Otago or hands-on science, if you know what that is. It's like, like a science program for younger uh, students and stuff. And, yeah, I went to Dunedin with it, and I just really loved the place i had an awesome time there and stuff and so that kind of held with me for the next few years i was like figuring out where to go um i was really considering wellington for a while just because of you know pretty good uni and relatively close but still far away um but yeah i i think those kind of memories and that different experience and meeting a lot of new people that i had never met before um it really stuck with me over the years and so i just asked people around in martin who had gone which maybe one person a year that you might know <laughs> like literally it was like one person the year above me one person two years above um 
so limited limited knowledge but through that they managed to convince me so yeah i ended up taking the plunge and never regretted it i i loved otago <laughs> i mean i'm still here in the university just in wellington so <laughs> it's stuck it is like a, a great university to attend and the city is amazing hmm. um it gives you that first real good taste of like being away from home because you're really away from home yeah. to otago well, for us right. anyway <laughs> yeah like even the idea of being in the south island like just people speak a little bit differently the environment's all different you know <laughs> they, they roll their eyes and you know <laughs> everything <laughs> It is it is such a, a unique experience down there, but it is I, I truly think and it's probably biased because we went there, but I do think it's probably the best university in Aotearoa. Yeah, like I can't, I can't really like I give respect where it's due in other places, like certain programs, things like that. But yeah. I mean, just that student experience. Some some people don't like it, eh? Like I've I've met people who are legitimately like people just get drunk all the time, and you know you don't do anything. It's like I felt like it was so much more than that. If you found the right people, uh, you didn't have to go get drunk. You didn't have to go do drugs or whatever. But it's like yeah. you could just like find your right area. Like, like I had, I met people who played like Yu-Gi-Oh, like things that I played way back in the day, or like played Pokemon and stuff. And I'm like, this is awesome. Like this never happened in Martin. I would have just been called like <laughs> a nerd, like a loser and stuff in Martin. <laughs> so these kind of things are just so special to me. That's why. Those are the kind of things that made it the best. Um, finding people with similar interests. Hard out, eh? It's so unusual to find such a diverse group of people that you have so much in common with in one place. Well, for us, anyway, coming from small towns, you hardly get that. You do get the, like, if you're interested in something that's outside the norm, you're either a nerd that's weird or grow up to. Yeah, true. Oh, and that happened all the time, yeah. <laughs> like, back in the day, like, fair amount of bullying and stuff i suppose in my life but it kind of changed as i went to university or as i got a bit older in the college years so i don't know you get to a, as long as you kind of hold on to your morals and what you like then eventually it kind of works out you know <laughs> just like stick to yourself know. yeah hard out it's so true it's like it, it is rough you know, in, in the first few stages of life, you know, going through primary, primary school is probably all right. You probably won't get too much of it. Intermediate high school is when people start changing and try to pretend to be other people to impress other people. And then by the time you finish high school, no one really cares anymore. Yeah. And, and circling back to that, like original points of like the PhD and, uh, you know, tackling teenagehood. Um, yeah. It's, as you say, things change. Like people really do uh, just become a different person as they get a little bit older uh, but I know during that time there's still like so much going on in your head and like your pathway can be set like how you act how you think and where you go and yeah I just really think that's that pivotal way like focusing in on that and if we yeah. can kind of tackle that and figure out how to make good positive behavior going forward then yeah <laughs> like a lot of successes will be made from that oh heck yeah I think it's just, you just got to persevere with it, I think, mm -hmm. um, as hard as it is. And, you know, it's so easy for us to say that now because we're on the other side of it. Yeah. And it may look a lot different these days for the kids coming through, but yeah. just and I, persevere, eh? And I always, I always acknowledge the fact, like, there are a lot of people who 
I suppose they don't get the same opportunities or they didn't have the right person stretch out their hand at the right time. And so it's easier for me to say like, oh, just, you know, leave, leave Martin. Why don't you just go experience the world, blah, blah, blah. But I suppose a lot of people just feel like they can't. That's what I've experienced. Like so many of my old friends and stuff growing up, like we just have nothing in common anymore. Like I, they'd maybe still living in Martin or have done the same job their entire life. And it's not like, you know, I don't judge them or anything. It's like, if that's their life and if they love it, then they should do that. But it's so anti what I would think, what I'd want to do, like, in myself. So, and also, there's this little negative thing of I go back and I'm not, I'm not trying to brag or anything. I'm just like, you know, I was in Dunedin the past four years. Like, this is what my life was. And they take it as like a, oh, so you're like a big shot, eh? Like, trying to talk about where you've been and stuff. It's like, no, this is just what a lot of people do. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm not, I'm not doing anything. What do you mean? I'm not saying like you suck. I'm good. Like, I'm better than you. But a lot of people take it that way. I think, which is always, I don't know. It's it's the opposite of what I intend. <laughs> trying to make combo. It's tough, eh? Because like literally, all you're trying to do is just talk about what you've been up to, and that's literally what you've been up to. Yeah. Like, I can't lie, I can't be like, I've done nothing, like, you know, I've just sat there in my parents' house or something. And I guess that's when you kind of come to one of those crossroads, and it's hard to make those decisions, but when you kind of have those friends that you've been good friends for ages, but it kind of the relationship gets stale and you don't have that conversation where you can celebrate each other's successes, it's kind of like, oh, well just gotta cut you off now yeah, yeah cut the tires eh because you you made a comment earlier in this podcast too the idea of um oh what was it yeah like the tall poppy syndrome like cutting people down when they do well and yeah that's exactly what i'm talking about those kind of things if you can't find people that actually keep you building you up like without making an ego out of you you know <laughs> like um yeah then you're just going to be depressed all the time like it's just going to be sad Hard. but it's not even like trying to inflate someone's ego it's just we need to act like appreciate and support and encourage each other while we can because you know our life is so short our time here isn't the longest but we spend so long and so many days going oh look at tom he's doing a phd look at me phd instead of going bro that's amazing look at you and you're like your co-papa is amazing so i feel like we should just normalize celebrating each other in those areas oh, and, of and, oh i appreciate that yeah, right back at you obviously love the work you've been doing like always putting in the hard mahi and you know developing on things that interest you i reckon that's something that's really cool with what you've done so look at this little positivity circle i love it <laughs> that's, that's what we need to do a lot more of and not just you and i but the rest of the world we need to take these moments and you know acknowledge people for the amazing mahi that they're doing because tomorrow's not promised and you might not get that opportunity to be like cuz love your mahi man yeah so no i get that eh? oh it's just the world we're in these days though it's so crazy to me that people just would rather tear someone down to make themselves feel better rather yeah. than lift them up and you know who knows what might come of uplifting someone yeah and i mean um another talk on that kind of front as well is like social media and things like that the idea of where we look at what other people are doing and we base ourselves off that but it's just such a toxic way to do it you know you've got your own circumstances and what you like 
But when you're looking like, and I find myself doing it sometimes, I have to like take my head out of it and be like, no, Tom, like <laughs> it's not you. <laughs> you know, I'll see people overseas, like they're traveling all these cool places and saying how amazing everything is. But it's like, you know, they probably have a very different way of life, like, or they were already over there or it's just a holiday. But in my eyes, it's like, man, they're just so successful. Like, why can't I come up with something like that? <laughs> and uh, I feel like that's something that a lot of people in our generation share. And especially for our younger, like for the rangatahi growing up now, it's just something to really tell them, eh? Like, <laughs> to that it's, it's all good. Like, live your own life and work hard. Don't worry too much about what old Joe is doing over there. Exactly. But it is so hard to do that when, you know, on TikTok, you could see someone be at, you know, 200 views yesterday, but then tomorrow they hit that one video that goes viral and now they've got, you know, 3 million followers. Yeah, exactly. It's so like, hard, eh? And it's, it's, it's like the lotto, away. Eh? Like, who knows who that's going to be kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, it really is the lottery with um, any type of success. You just got to work hard at it and do what you enjoy rather than do what, you know, I'm not going to go and do Tom's research study because that's not what I enjoy. That's not what I would be, you know, help get me through a PhD. It'd be cool to do, but it, will I succeed in that? Probably not because it's not, you know, yeah, my and interest. It's, so. And it's the same thing with me, like uh, doing PE, for example. I mean, I, I don't have the same skill sets as the coaches and the strength and conditioning coaches and stuff. Like I was always more grounded in the heavier science or kind of, I suppose the population level thinking and stuff and so it's like we leave the experts to what they do and i'll try and do my own like co in, in this corner <laughs> really is the way so Pano, if you're out there and you're struggling to find your wages keep doing you keep trucking along because it'll come 100 percent, yeah <laughs> and make sure you always have that support around you you know there's always people willing to help you just got to find them yeah don't be afraid to ask don't be yeah. afraid to ask. What's your um your journey into Maori like? Yeah, so <laughs> that's a that's a whole conversation itself. <laughs> uh, so current current status, I think Matikanga has grown like amazing amounts. I I really appreciate what it is. I've like researched. I've like talked to lots of people, and even through you know Pima and lots of experiences like that feel like it grew so much and it's just continued uh but the language side of things is still lacking <laughs> it's something that i know it's it's very difficult so growing up i i had kind of the basic exposure probably a lot more than other people well a lot of maori themselves i still went to marae i visited whanau and waitara <laughs> auntie kath and all of the <laughs> all of our good whanau over there um rest in peace <laughs> but um yeah those kind of experiences they, they weren't really enough so it, i think it ingrained this like open-mindedness so i was always like oh this is a different way of life this is something that is separate from kind of that westernized european look at life um but at the same time wasn't taught you know exactly what to do with like language or uh, proper protocols on marae or anything you just kind of hold people's hands and go along with what's happening like <laughs> so I, I think growing up um it was difficult to like manage those two different lives and it it still is 
because I live a very split life of my European side and my Maori side. Um, throughout university, it really changed. I think mainly being away from Martin in itself um, as a place that, like, it has you know Maori population. It's not small, but they never embrace it. They never kind of show it off in an open way. And at the same time, like, it's that classic hidden, like, institutionalized racism where I remember growing up, people would look at Māori or Pacifica and be like, oh, you know, those are just the, the jocks over there that don't have any future or whatever and stuff. And, like, you know, growing up, I was like, wait a second, that doesn't seem right. Like, these are some of the smartest people I know, all, like, hardworking. You know, they, they're constantly hours and hours into their whānau or at the meatworks or countdown or anything. And we're sitting here like, I don't know, just acting like we're high and mighty because we started on a higher level than them. Like we started with more money or whatever. Um, I mean, I wasn't rich as a kid or anything, but still started with so much more than a lot of these people. And yeah, they somehow managed to get themselves up to that level. And I feel like it's like what's better to be born with this amazing work ethic or to be born with a more talent or at a higher level but you have no drive you have no ability to like increase your own abilities or so that kind of thing so that was my journey i suppose and throughout university like i said it it, it really changed around i learned a lot more and i still i just say that i'm still ongoing still going through that journey of um reclaiming my own like you know te ao maori principles and my tikanga so yeah, every day. It's it's something to learn <laughs> and to manage Brilliant. and to find Brilliant. other people like just that, you know, that are living those dual lives sometimes and we have to kind of man manage to deal with the people in life that might not appreciate both sides. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They're, they're like so extreme a lot of the time. We're like, no, harmony is good. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Uh, I'm the same as you because always, always on that learning journey. It's never ending. Um but it's such a beautiful one to be on a eh? reclaiming your identity. But like knowing where you stand as as a mixed race kid, you know, it's like yes, I am Maori, but I also acknowledge you know my Pākehā side from time to time. I yeah. do know um, where my Pākehā roots come from, so I'm not <laughs> neglecting them. I'm just focusing on the the part of me that has been neglected for quite a while. Yeah, and it, and as you say, um, it, within our country too, right? It's it's good to be equal but like right now when one is so low and one's so much higher in terms of um you know what's pronounced in the country then you generally try and work on the lower one right like the build them up to an equal level rather than just like focus on them both at the same time yeah like a like a firefighter you know they should try and put out all the houses on fire they, sh they wouldn't just like focus on one else like you know that kind of analogy Oh, 100%. Like, you wouldn't fill up a cup that's already full. Yeah, exactly. Empty cup. <laughs> Focus so. on the one that's got nothing in it. Exactly, exactly. It, it is such an ongoing journey. I think it'll be one that is, you know, everlasting. Because, like you say, you, you learn tikanga, you learn mātauranga, then, you know, you got to learn the real. You can't do all of that at once. Because anyone who knows anything about trying to learn is so damn hard to learn, even as a kid. So trying to learn yeah. three things... That's four. Three things. <laughs> three things. <laughs> That's what it's like. You're learning three things. Yeah. 
the the ninety nine dreams podcast. <laughs> um, and that Fano is why I studied PE. <laughs> oh, and you were one of the smartest kids too. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. I I think I was I was I was good good enough. That's true, and that's and that's all it needs to be, right? Hundred percent, cuz hundred percent. We've reached the time in the episode, my cuz, is, is where we get to, and I think it's an appropriate time too, is um, dip down into the dream deposit box and um, throw out some dreams that past guests have said. But then for you to put some of your own dreams into this dream deposit box, so <laughs> the box here it says, "Always remember when they doubted you." So I love that sentiment. Um, means so much to me because I'm like, bro, that's that's the perfect thing to have, especially when you got dreams. Because everyone always doubts your dream. They'll say, you know, you'll never make it to university, or you made it, well, you'll never graduate. You graduated, or you'll never get honors. Oh shit, you got first class. So you yeah. know, <laughs> love love the doubters. And so some of the um, dreams people have in here is. Um, Something so simple as, you know, just graduate and walk the streets of Dunedin. Mm-hmm. Um, they want to own their own indoor sports centre. That was from Ash, Ash Watson. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, very um, fitting for that lad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Jack Nelson wants to work for Sport New Zealand. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> who else do we have in here? We've got... <laughs> that's right jackie long wants to be a co-host of this show oh man i bet you you would love that eh? <laughs> oh mate i was like all right let me start getting a job description ready yeah internship <laughs> let's go no. yeah. don't don't have money to pay you but exposure that's the one <laughs> hey you you gotta edit all the videos uh, i need them by 5 p.m friday yeah you're just sitting back like oh this is now the yeah. easiest thing ever <laughs> Exactly. You'll start so, hosting them. <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. Then I can, you know, just take a back pedal and focus on other things. Yeah, but still, just check your name on it all. You know, you got to remember the brand. Exactly. Just have me come in for the intro, and then yeah, there you go, bro. Yeah. <laughs> so, what dreams do you have, Tom? Do you have any dreams that you'd like to have achieved? And you know, doesn't yeah. have to be you know within the next one to two years. Could be a lifetime dream. Yeah, I think the kind of path I've been going on, one of the, one of the major dreams I want to do is I want to kind of create a world where people appreciate physical activity more. It's or physical activity is more of a priority. I think that is kind of a major work dream that I'd want to do. Um, don't know how that would be yet, but <laughs> um, suppose that's the other dream is honestly finding. The exact dream. So those are probably yeah. my main two. Let me write that second one down. Yeah, my, my dream is to find a dream. Because <laughs> I feel like we're, we're always on this journey, always discovering new things. And I've never known what I wanted to do fully when I grew up or anything. I still don't. But life still goes on and you find cool things that you like doing. So that's enough to always strive to find a dream, to find something to do. Harder. You don't have to have that storybook bloody, what is it? What are they married at 22, house by 25? Yeah. The, know, the step by step, you know, to law, yeah. to job, to, uh, I don't know. As I, long as it, you're happy, eh? Yeah. 
it's, it's about kind of going with the flow and finding that yeah what exactly what makes you happy and what you want to do and if you never find that but you still had a good life along the way that's fine like, 100%. i think i i think that's almost like what i think the meaning of life is personally it's like the meaning of life is always trying to find meaning in life <laughs> like even when you're Ooh. 60 years old and you've gone through your life you have kids and everything and stuff like you don't just give up you don't just end there you're like okay um the groceries now like i got to find a way to get that faster or you know it always continues and to me that's yeah. that's what i've kind of developed to think about i like that i like that yeah it's that's one thing one. that i really liked about your podcast like the idea of that you know what is a dream and you know does everyone have the same dreams like well no i suppose everyone has a different outlook on it <laughs> Yeah, and even if you might have a similar dream to someone else, it's still radically different because it's how you envision you mm. in that particular spot. Like if I wanted a spindle sports center, it would look hella different to Ashes. Yeah, <laughs> I I always use like religion as an example too. Like even if heaps of people are Christian, they don't see God in the same way, or they don't see um, all of that. You know, they all interpret it differently, and so that in itself is like yeah despite being the same religion we're all different and we interpret it in different ways yeah hard out so yeah i really i really get what you're talking about there yeah and like that's the whole purpose of this podcast too is like in life you only live one and so like kind of back to that many of life is i'm trying to learn how other people have lived their lives so then i can have heard experiences of a thousand lifetimes but still only being able to live one I like that. That's cool. Yeah, it's that. Yeah. It's about like hearing a diverse range, eh? Cause actually going out, traveling, hearing things. Yeah, because I know you're never going to be able to experience what they do unless, but if you ask and you kind of, you know, put walk a mile in their shoes a little bit, then maybe you can get a taste of it. Yeah, and you can't experience everything the world has to offer in your one lifetime hmm. so hell if other people go and experience things why not learn from them understand yeah. what got them to that position or how did you end up in thailand bro like that was amazing kind of thing yeah exactly and hopefully you get a cool story out of it too so <laughs> a lot of time you will yeah if anyone listening to the podcast um knows nicole spriggs next time you see her ask her how was turkey <laughs> you'll oh, get a cool story out of it she's probably gonna hate that plug but you'll get a great story out of it yeah if i see her around anywhere i'll make sure to ask her <laughs> yeah man 100 if you ever see it ask her i'm not gonna tell the story on the podcast that's for her yeah but that's all right if you ever, yeah you ever see her ask her about the rooftop in turkey the rooftop. <laughs> i love it uh, it's the Sorry, best when it's like a vague start to a story you're like wait what does that mean <laughs> yeah. uh, sorry nicole but i had to it makes it makes sense in the whole context of, of this conversation it's, yeah. it's a perfect plug plus go reach out to nicole Fano and ask her about it <laughs> yeah her, her podcast session was good <laughs> listen to it <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 go back listen to it and then you'll find her socials <laughs> another another sort of um formal formalized question that we do on here not a formal question but like one that's a formality on the show is um if you could go back and sit in front of 17 year old tom what what's 
some advice you'd give 17 year olds not even advice what was something you'd tell them if you would tell them anything at all i think yeah going that's a good question going to what we were talking about before i've always thought i'd love to say that things will work out or that you know because at that time I, rem- I remember i was going into year 13 and like people were kind of just like giving up on school like they didn't really care anymore or everyone was like a lot of my friends were leaving kind of they were like in the years above and below and so i was going through this time it's not like it was the roughest time ever but it was i was starting to lose a bit of motivation or thinking like what's going on like why is everyone giving up should i give up you know is this just the way it is um but if i could just go back and say now like take every opportunity like don't be so worried about the outcome you know it's actually like taking the plunge uh that's probably what I'd give to myself back then because I was like I was a worried war and I didn't know like I didn't have any sort of experiences that much that a lot of other people had so but if I did then you know I might have ended up having a lot of these extra skills and knowledges and stuff um even now everything worked out in the end I think but (laughs) but yeah um would have made life a lot easier back then so yeah I guess there's only so much that you can learn and experience in small towns, though. It's not like you, you live in a big city where you get all that worldly experience mm-hmm. being around large communities. Eh? It's a lot harder in small towns to have it all figured out. Yeah, and and I always say, like, I try and... Because everyone has regrets, but the idea is that you look back on them and you try and find the positive stuff. I think that's what's helped me get through life. So, for example... Being in a small town, and uh, this is a classic example I use, Martin had, like, no hills and barely any water around, like, seas or anything. Um, but now growing up, like, as a full grown you know, 25, blah, 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 I, I see these places, like, mountains or uh, water and these amazing landscapes, and I get giddy. I'm like, this is absolutely amazing, blah, blah, blah. I appreciate it so much more, and I don't think that would have happened if I lived in a big area where that was just normal. To me, it would just be like the little things that don't matter, you know. I had them all the time. But now it means so much to me and it just like builds that passion. So, yeah, I I really do appreciate some of the things from being, uh, from not having those experiences. No, that's so true. Because, well, I kind of do still appreciate the the ocean and stuff like that. But growing up here in Waitara, you get used to seeing Taranaki Mauna, you get used mm-hmm. to being around the Awa, around the Moana, um, rolling hills and stuff like that. But it's not until you leave, eh, that you're like, man, I miss I miss my Mauna, I miss my Awa, I yeah. miss going up to the Waitara lookout and just staring over, seeing everyone go to the bottle store. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's funny what kind of, um, yeah, what drives your experiences going forward. So, I went to Abu Dhabi last year for a conference. It was real cool. Um, so I managed to like present to an inter- international audience and everything. But I remember I had a little holiday out of the back end of it, and everyone talks in the tour guides like, go see this building, go see this massive mall and stuff. And I'm sitting there like, I come from New Zealand where it's like a developed <laughs> country. I see buildings. like They're not as big, but I still know what a mall is, blah, blah, blah. Like It's not exciting, whereas... <laughs> things like camel markets and the desert like dune bashing and stuff i was like this is so new this is so different i love it <laughs> so that's what i mean like yeah pushing towards those extra things that you never got to do i know that's that's the good part of not having that much to do when you're younger 
<laughs> you know, you've already got that that built up of yep when i get to this country i'll do this 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 yeah you've this, got a list than, you know people are yeah. up your bucket list and you're like it's too big you know <laughs> i've got too many things on it probably won't do them all but i'll try <laughs> yeah. Yeah. it's a small town vibe eh? you're just like i already know i've got it mapped out whatever country i go to i've got my list yeah <laughs> uh surely you've got some of them one, one of mine was we played monopoly as a kid and i'm like i'm gonna go to every single because I found out it was in England, I'm like, I'm going to go to every single one of these streets one day. And that's always stuck with me. <laughs> Still haven't done it, though. I think for me, is is going to some of the places where my uh, European ancestry came from. Hmm. So just seeing some of the landmarks where the descendants are from. So I think that, that, that's where I've got on my list, as opposed to, I don't know, going to a kfc or a mall or yeah exactly any of the, the main streets mainly tick that off i'd hope already you know <laughs> uh, i feel like kfc's never ticked off <laughs> each new week you're like oh bucket list <laughs> kfc friday yeah a literal bucket list chicken bucket list. Yeah. <laughs> finger looking good yeah. not sponsored <laughs> One day. Oh, one day, one day. Hopefully, hopefully. <laughs> that That's in the dream box, isn't it? To be sponsored yeah, by man. KFC. KFC or Mac is one of them. Uh, no, I it's... can do the ba-da-da-da-da. <laughs> Hear it at the start of the podcast. <laughs> that's when you know you've made it. <laughs> yeah. Those ones. Or just like segue midway through, but like, are you hungry? I'm hungry. Could you imagine for five ninety nine? The cheesiest ad. I love those. Eh? It's like, man, um, I know you've been doing a quarter of your work lately, but a quarter pounder would really have a spot. It's summertime, and you can hear the sizzle of the sand on the beach. We'll take it to the kitchen with the Colonel Sanders this summer. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Two lads are going to the fast food restaurant. <laughs> See, we're putting out adverts already. We just need the funding. Exactly. We're yeah. ready to go. Maccas, KFC, call me. Uh, surely you put this into every single podcast secretly. Like. <laughs> just, <laughs> just like a portfolio to look at. <laughs> oh. oh, man. Well, the third and final one from the preset questions is if you could watch this video back in five to ten years and tell or ask your future self a question or a phrase what, what would you say to your future self watching this back oh <clears throat> so a big thing i want to do is like after phd and stuff is travel the world and really like build on that the diversity that i see and like actually like i experience a lot of what i haven't been able to so i'd love to ask them like where have you been? What have you been doing? Um, like, what are the, what are the stories? What are the experiences you can share with me? Because it, it would just be fascinating, like, to actually, it would be a whole different person talking to, you know? But hopefully they'd still be me, so I can, like, transfer it in a way. Um, that would be the main thing. Yeah, what are, what are your experiences? Where have you been? <laughs> I would love that. Yeah, nah, well, yeah, what are your experiences? Where have you been? Mm -hmm. I'd love to know. Um, where, where, where are you looking at going? 
I oh lots lots of choices I suppose. Um, I think the main the main ones that I'm thinking of are for like short term. I reckon Japan would be amazing, like as a holiday and stuff. It just speaks to my soul. Like love Nintendo, love anime, love the language, love the food. The history is cool. Like it's it's really good. So um, that would be one of them. I think to like live longer term, setting up somewhere in Europe and just oh, yeah. kind of visiting a lot of different areas um, from there would be really cool. Um, and probably Canada as well. That's the other one. So um, nice. they're all like relatively standard places for people. But yeah, I, I think it will still be something that I've never done. So I would really love to do that. <laughs> Going back to what you said as well about the uh, your roots and like going over to Europe and stuff. Um, there's actually this place called Bergen as well that my sister has been to, and it's in oh, like yeah. Norway. I'm pretty sure um, that would be really cool to see. <laughs> Maybe not oh, live there, yeah. but yeah, it just like reminded me. Oh, that'd be so cool. Do you have anywhere specific in your mind that you'd want to go if you travelled over? Uh, I I want to go to a few football games in in the UK. Oh, nice. uh, just just to get in the atmosphere. It looks crazy. Who do you support, um, by the way? Man, I have no idea. Oh, no, that's fair <laughs> enough. No <laughs> but still, you could go experience it, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I like Neymar. He's probably the only one that I do know of. Oh, nice. Uh, but my mate, Jack Imray, who came on, he's always telling me to uh, support Newcastle United. Ooh. So, Controversial. No. <laughs> he's from there, so I'm oh, like, nice. well, I can't argue with that. Yeah. I, so, like, I can never judge because... I, I support Arsenal, but I literally support them because, like, none of my family did growing up. I played FIFA 12 as a kid quite a bit, and I liked the name Arsenal. I liked the idea of, like, guns and stuff. So I'm like, this is my team. And I have no special story, you know? But everyone else is like, my family for generations have been from here. I'm like, okay, yep. <laughs> okay, you have a better reason than I do. <laughs> So I, yeah, I think it. mine's just mainstream. I like Neymar wherever he's playing. That's me. I'm there. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Better get in quick. You know, he's getting older now. <laughs> yeah. So uh, uh, luckily on that same team, they got that um that French dude. What's his name? Yeah, um, French striker on Neymar's team in PSG. Hmm. I'm not the best with names, to be honest. With the, <laughs> with the uh, I'm terrible. I, I know little about soccer, about football. Yeah. I just know that he's on the cover of FIFA. 22. Oh, it'll be um, Mbappe then, probably. That's the oh, one. Yeah, nice. <laughs> he's I was good. like, wait a second, he's, thinking, he's French. Yeah, what am I talking about? <laughs> he's good, man. I like him. Yeah. He might be my Neymar replacement when Neymar retires. Nice. Oh, it's a good, it's a nice, easy follow-on. Same team at the moment. <laughs> Why yeah, not? yeah. <laughs> That's how my American football um went. Like, I was a big Randy Moss fan <laughs> and went from the Vikings to the Raiders to the Patriots. And then, like, by the end of his Patriots career, he, was, he wasn't as great as he was early on in his career because he'd gotten older. Yeah. And I was like, I like this Tom Brady fellow. We'll stay here. And then we nice. just follow Tom Brady around. <laughs> it's, um, yeah, like, in American football, they don't last that long at all, eh? They just get, like, real nah. injured real fast. 
it's it's a like high intensity game but you have so much rest so i feel like sometimes your muscles cool down too much and then straight out on that field and well, yeah and the and like the g's that they're hitting each other with like rugby it's always like controlled tackles and then football it's just like rhinos going at each other <laughs> like american football. throw the whole body at him yeah exactly shoulders and all like with padding <laughs> oh <laughs> It's WWE with a ball and, like, helmets. Yeah, and, like, a little bit more, you have to do something with your team <laughs> to win. Like, <laughs> uh, I get why people like it, though, right? It's like, as you say, it's just pure action. Yeah, it's very, all of the ads be long, but it's very entertaining. Yeah, I well, just don't understand how they become world champions when only one country play. Yeah, true. <laughs> the World Series, and they just go around the states. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm like, I, I know the world's a lot bigger than that. Yeah, I find it funny when um, it's the same with like concerts. When America will be like, we're doing a world tour, and they'll like do all of America and London, <laughs> and like nothing else. It's like, is that a world tour? Uh. Or they do what well, one show in Canada, one show in Mexico, and there we go. Yeah, oh, that's even worse. You could drive there, like <laughs> connected. Yeah. Like, oh. We went international, friends. Yeah, <laughs> we took one step out of the border. <laughs> what's next for Tom? What, what's on the on the cards for Tom after he finishes up that PhD before you travel? Is there any in between? Yeah, I think there's actually this weird transition period. So hopefully get it done first of february next year um nice never know phds can go longer and stuff but if i get it done i suppose there is this transition period where you have to wait for your mark and you have to wait for it to be um, like to do an oral defense of it so like a presentation and that can take like months so during that time i think some short-term holidays overseas and also just figuring out what my next step is like you know, those transition periods are, like, the messiest, I reckon, <laughs> because you're, you're you hopefully offered something, you know, here and there from, like, someone you know, like a job or an opportunity somewhere else, um, but you've also got this freedom, and you suddenly think, what am I going to do with it? You know, I have all the choice in the world, which doesn't happen a lot of the time, because when you're in university or in school and stuff, you have eight years... And then, you know, four or five years all planned out. And then suddenly you just have nothing. <laughs> so I think <laughs> navigating that is going to be a massive thing for me. Nah, it's, it is a scary time, but it's also a fun time because, you, like you say, you have a little bit more freedom. <laughs> um, you've got opportunities. You're not tied to a specific co-papa. It's, it's exciting. It's exciting, cuz. Yeah, no, I, I'm really... Really looking forward to it, but yeah, gotta gotta do one step at a time. It's it's almost hard to even look past that <laughs> that yeah, area yeah. Eh, of like finish this <laughs> first. Oh, it's been it's been an experience though. Like the PhD itself, I never really planned to do it. You know, I I really liked academia and stuff, but I I never saw myself as wanting to go further down the line. And I suppose I, I still don't like. I love learning and I love what I'm doing, but I don't really want to be a professor you know or like in the same university and stuff um so it'd be interesting to see what actually happens like maybe i will end up because of just circumstance but uh, it would be still really cool to use that knowledge in a place like sport new zealand or overseas if there was another kind of place to push a physical activity policy or 
you know, help out sport organizations and stuff. Um, I think that's where I'd hope to be. But yeah, Me. just figuring out the steps to get to that. <laughs> yeah, it's exciting times, and obviously you got to get through this one last big hurdle. But yeah. uh, <laughs> but no, I've been over with. Yeah, yeah, been been pretty lucky so far. I think it's been good. Ah, that's wicked, cuz. Oh, that's what do amazing. You, what do you see yourself for this? Um, or where do you see this podcast going in the future? Do you have any kind of goals? Other than you know, um, advertisement with KFC, you know, past that. <laughs> what else? Other than landing KFC, yeah. Uh, <laughs> actually, the biggest goal for myself and the podcast this year is to apply and register slash nominate ourselves in the New Zealand Podcast Awards for Maori Host of the Year. Oh, very nice. So that's, that's what we're aiming for this year. In terms of longevity of the podcast, just continue to um, reach out and talk to guests who have a world of experience, even if they think they don't at the time. Who uh, A few of my guests have come on have been like, oh, what? I can't provide anything. Then they come on and just bring bangers. But it's mm-hmm. one thing that I love the most from this is being able to connect with people on that level, learn a little bit more about um, things that they're truly interested in as opposed to when you catch up on the street it's real surface level yeah i just hope point. to continue to offer a platform where we can break past a bit of the surface get in a little deeper and just figure out you know what our dreams are how we are wanting to achieve those dreams and genuinely what are you up to mm. i appreciate that Papa, so much that's so cool it's an awesome sentiment to have yeah and i love getting guests on because everyone's uh, more intelligent than me they they might say that they're not but oh, no. <laughs> your, your pukinga is different to mine so in that retrospect you are more intelligent i might know something different to you but yeah. it's a, intelligence is like so different hey eh? i there are music and musically intelligent people there are artistic intelligent you know it doesn't necessarily yeah. mean that <laughs> it has to be more intelligence yeah. just they know something you don't or you know something they don't exactly and that, that's that's what it's about mm. it's just bringing on people with more intelligence than me and getting to break things down and you know hopefully provide corridor that is um beneficial to other people who might be going through something similar or be interested in something similar yeah and throw in a, you know a joke or two along the way you know so it's not exactly. too stale it? <laughs> i love it and it's just you know that's just the personality of who we are or whoever the guest that comes on is however the show rolls and nine times out of ten there's humor somewhere in there nice. you might not get the joke but as long as we do <laughs> some of the people are like watching like what's this niche Dunedin joke they're talking about <laughs> what is this rooftop in turkey yeah where's this rooftop in turkey yeah i'm go- if i ever go there i'm gonna have to like sit on every rooftop and try and recreate whatever this is <laughs> you just need to ask her for the story yeah oh i'm hooked (laughs) it is it is a good one i i got like a i don't even know how long the damn snap story was but it was long as shit i was like god oh oh it just kept getting worse and worse the longer it went oh nice a night well spent (laughs) a hundred (laughs) percent Oh, well, because as we start wrapping up the show, is there anything um, you want to leave the listeners or the viewers with? Um, what you're up to? How can they contact you or any final messages? 
yeah, um, I suppose just one of the big shout outs of Stilfano out there. Um, really, really good to like, call it all to you and um, reconnect with my cousin here. Uh, I, I know that like a lot of us haven't properly met and maybe haven't seen me as we've grown up and stuff. So it's just really cool to be able to have a platform for that. So I hope you're all doing well. And um, the other thing I suppose is, yeah, for anyone uh, watching this, yeah, just really um, keep, keep watching along, keep trying to gain knowledge on new things and different perspectives. Because I think that's something that this podcast does really well. And it will just help your life going forward, being open-minded and being empathetic to um, all people. So that's kind of the message I want to leave. But yeah, thanks so much for having me at Audi. This is awesome. Oh, no, thank you so much for giving up some of your time and joining us here, my cousins. I've really appreciated this. I've really enjoyed this. And I know some of the whānau at home watching or listening, they'll enjoy seeing this too because I'm like, oh, look at Tommy, so big now. <laughs> I can already hear it. <laughs> yeah. Um, in, in terms of like contact and stuff, do you want me to like leave an email or something? like? <laughs> I'll just link it down below and they can all... They know the drill. If you're a regular listener, you know the drill. It's down below. Brilliant, yeah. If anyone needs knowledge on, you know, rangatahi knowledge with physical activity, I'll help you out. <laughs> <laughs> or I'll try to anyway. <laughs> there you go, Fano. Reach out if you have any questions or queries. Don't be shy. And if you want to figure out where Tom is, or if you're a, you know, a fellow fitter and you're over in Europe and Tom makes his way over there, then reach out. Yeah, All definitely. Always keen to reconnect, eh? And here's some of the experiences, like there was a whole, people like Nicole, whole new cohorts that I never really got to keep in contact with, so. Exactly, exactly, so, Barno, definitely hit him up, you'll get a laugh out of it, because thank you so much for coming on, I truly appreciate it, man, it's, it's been a privilege to be able to catch up, and we'll link up next time you're back home in Taranaki. Yeah, I'd love it, eh? I'll actually, I should be there sometime in the middle of the year for a couple of days uh, for a PKW thing. So I'll try oh, yo, and keep yeah. in contact if you're around. It'd be cool. Yeah, let me know. I'll come through to the PKW thing. I'll, I'll catch up with a few of them. Oh, nice. I, I did an internship there a little while ago. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, no, um, yeah, yeah. I'll try and keep in contact around that time then. Should be May, hopefully. Please, yes. And to the rest of you, Fano, thank you so much for sticking along and listening. It's been an episode where I've really enjoyed it. I have so much fun. It's Tom Bergen. All his links are down below, Fano. And as always, I'm still Darwoody, still the host of the 99 Dreams podcast, and I still want you all to take care. Mauri ora and kākete.